Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Gentlemen, to the Axon Bulletin. It's Tuesday afternoon. The terrific feels back. A self-care from the convo. Boris Conley and Patrick McGill. Gentlemen, how are we on a sunny Tuesday? We're doing well. How are you and your birthday, mate? I'm fine. Uh, 22 years young today, or as I try to dress it up on Friday night, as you two know, 21 plus one, since it was a disaster last year and I was stuck in the house. So um, we had a good laugh, good crack on uh, Friday. And we're here to talk about the Celtic last uh, Wednesday's result certainly improved the birthday celebrations and I think that's the only place to start. We had on the day before it talking about tight games, you know, being overrun in midfield and stuff. But Patrick, I'll come to you in this one. What a what a performance in that first half and second half saw it out and a terrific three points and absolutely scintillating football in the first half and the atmosphere was incredible. Aye, well, happy birthday, first of all. Thank you very much. Celtic have made it a better one um, than last year. Uh, but I totally overran them in that, in that first half. I mean, probably the best 45 minutes I've ever experienced as a football fan. Um, best atmosphere, best performance. It's certainly up there anyway. I, th- I think it was the best. Um, for those lucky enough to have been at the game, they'll, they'll probably know what I mean. Uh, it was absolutely a, a unbelievable. Um, second half, you know, we're just talking before the show about Alan Morrison. He said the second half will be equally demoralising for the, the team that we were playing because we totally sat off them and they still couldn't get a goal. We we totally given up in the attacking in the second half. Just sat back and defended 
and they could not fashion a half-decent chance. So, delighted with both the first half and the second half, because first half, all-out attack, second half, total defensive unit, and we've done both jobs really, really well. Lawrence, there's players that we can touch on that kind of char- characterised both halves, but um, I think the first place for me to start is the full-backs, and what's one word, wow, um, Josip yeah. Juranovic, um, we were giving it big time at my party with the old fireball pitbull, Josip Juranovic, but he thoroughly deserves it. What a performance he put in. He made Ryan Kent look as if he'd been playing amateur football uh, for years. He just had him in his back pocket. Yeah, totally. You know, what a steal he's been. And, and on the other side, Taylor up against a, a 40 million man that needs to get hooked at half time because he was anonymous. I mean, Taylor starts with Brout. Brilliant for the game. Both fullbacks outstanding. But I think Yakimatis, best 60 minutes in a Celtic shirt. You know, he's running about, pressing a lot more. I thought really impressed with him the last two games. But yeah, against Rangers, I thought he put in a really solid performance. Hatati, you know, two goals and an assist. O'Reilly, it's Andy's team really coming together as a whole unit, aren't they? You know, defending Absolutely. from the front, attacking from the back as well it's just outstanding stuff for me the best attacking display I've seen since Tommy Burns team bold uh, bold statement to make but the football under Postacoglu you know even surpassing at times Rogers football that I watched which I, I think for me and you Pat it's probably some of the best football we've seen uh, Celtic play in terms of Greg Taylor the, the man that Lawrence touched on there he has been a bit of a whipping boy for a lot of Celtic fans, but you can tell that Ange likes him. He seems to fit the system. He does that inverted fullback role very well. Thanks to Alan, as always, for these stats, which we like to give a, a good wee um, a bung to. Um, his defensive performance, Patrick, um, 12 challenges, interceptions and lost zero. Uh, last season, his averages were 5.1 and 5.4. He won three more challenges than the next, Starfield, and won back possession 10 times four more than the next. Greg Taylor, um, talk about his performance last Wednesday, Patrick. I think you've summed it up in the numbers. I mean, absolute. Well, I don't think he never have perfection, but near near perfection. You know, um, Ryan Kent never had a look in. They never. I think he had two shots in goal, Kent, and they were both from outside the box, straight into Joe Hart's uh, Joe Hart's arms. It just goes to show the game that, that Greg Taylor had. You know, Diallo as well. Um, this is a guy that cost Man United thirty-seven million. Uh, you would think he was playing for FC United of Manchester. You know, I, I thought that was his level on Wednesday night because I think he, he maybe got on the ball twice of note. He's played um, too many pace games, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're a real team. They're, they're about the ninth team of English football. I know, uh, I know. Uh, no, but I, they're two wingers. I know, I think they probably switched sides a few times. Um, but neither of them looked threatening at all, certainly in the first half when we were on our game and Greg Taylor and Jovanovic have to take immense credit for that um, I know Greg's, uh, Greg Taylor isn't everyone's biggest um, he's not everyone's favourite player but he's certainly Angie's preferred left back, I think we, we all know that now uh, and he's, uh, the last two games, I'm sure we'll talk about Motherwell later but the last two games he's been absolutely immense yeah, he's been outstanding. Patrick, just before Magnet 67 jumps off us, when you can build the answer for him, he's wanting to know a bit about XG. Where, what direction would you point him in? I know you get some uh, cracking books for Christmas on it just before he goes. <laughs> um, well, if someone has an open net two yards out, 
the XG is probably really, really high. And you think to yourself, oh, I should have scored there. Whereas if you're taking a shot for the halfway line, you're probably thinking, oh, that's never gone in. So the XG is probably really low. So say a shot was in 50% of the time, the XG is 0.5. Um, and that's probably the best way I can explain it. There we go. Hopefully that helps. Um, I think there's plenty of books and stuff online that you can probably read about it. But Patrick is our stato on that. I try and understand it a wee bit. But Patrick's the main man when it comes to this one here. Um, so and Alan's definitely the top man of the Oracle on it. Uh, Lawrence, obviously we spoke there about the fullbacks. It was another clean sheet for our two centre-halves, which there's been questions about. But then into the midfield, there was a lot of chat. We you know, spoke about Riley McGree, uh, the Middlesbrough man who we wouldn't have had at our disposal because he would have been playing alongside Tommy Rodgick for Oz. But instead we opted for Matt O'Reilly, um, MK Dons, who has been an absolute standout, thrown in at the deep end at Tynecastle. He is most certainly a, an Ange Postacoglu signing. Um, he comes from the same agency in which Frank Trimboli comes from Ange's agent, so there's no doubt about that one. What has been your thoughts on Matt O'Reilly? Obviously rested at the weekend, but what a player he's been since he came in. I'm really glad, I think, we get him instead of O'Reilly McGree, because I just we wouldn't have had him at our disposal. Yeah, Sonny's passing, yeah. You know, down the line, what one of those balls just moved the, the ball quickly down to Abada. He, he can see a pass, a defence split pass. Seems to be able to tackle. He's got great work rate. But, you know, I just probably looked at his stats before he's come in and thought, you know what, this guy fits my system. You know, and for the money we spent, 1.4, I don't know where, where Ange keeps finding these bargains. You know, it's already one of the best midfielders in Scotland, or, you know, and what we've seen from him. And it's... Now looking at the Celtic midfield, I think earlier in the season we're looking going there's something not quite right with that midfield, but now you're going. We've got options and they all seem to be doing really well when they come in. Uh, I don't know if maybe competition's driving it on. David Turnbull must be sitting in the house looking, going, "How do I get into this team? <laughs> you, you know, where's my position now? It's you know, you've got Gucci injured. He's must be going right. Where am I going to play? It's I, I think Matt Riley's just been. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, aye, uh, you know, uh, him and Rio, I, th- I think Rio, you know, the new, the, the new McStay, I felt like, I think he's closer to McStay than Tumble was. Well, you know, making bold assertions on here, but, but Patrick, you know, it's midfielder after midfielder and it's very, very hard to pick here because, I, you know, me and you're in a group chat and Paul Matthew asked us what would be the three that you pick in there and it's just a really difficult question just now because I couldn't tell you I'd say Cal Mack and probably Rio Hitati but then it's between the rest and probably Tommy Rodgick for me but on a different day you know Andrew's played Turnbull in all those games O'Reilly's really put a foot wrong etc etc it's great to have all these options but um, or O'Reilly again he's one of those players that I think last summer we thought of, you know there's nothing here that we're probably going to be able to sell on again, but Angie's building a squad. Like we're wanting to punt our players, but you look at the age of Matt O'Reilly, for instance, he's only 21. Um, me and you met him last week, and he's a nice big guy. Um, but at that, it just, you know, he's going to develop even further under Ange and probably get a pretty price tag for him, especially due to the fact he's English. We saw guys like Harry Maguire go for absolutely mental money because of the whole rules in the Premier League. Um, but again, what a find this guy is. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, and, you know, there's a bit of confusion over we passed up on McGree or he passed up on us. I think 
he's probably just going to where the money is, really, isn't he? And unfortunately, Middlesbrough's able to outmuscle Celtic in that department these days. Um, but O'Reilly decided to come to us, even though, I mean, there must have been English teams in for him. I, I couldn't name any just now. I, I didn't really follow it until he signed. I think there might have been a gap in the buyout clause, which is actually something Brown Warrior's saying in, uh, about him having a buyout clause. I think somewhere I read that said that O'Reilly, sort of interrupted this one pass, it could have went for something like £8 million, pounds, but because there was a buyout clause in there, we were able to get him that bit cheaper. Impressive stuff, that, isn't it? Um, R- rumoured Liverpool but, were lo- looking at him. Or Liverpool stats guy was looking at him, saying like he had the best stats any midfield in the UK. Jeez, I I mean, that, that is extremely impressive that we've managed to land a guy like that and you can see when he plays I mean I think his first game at Tynecastle it was you know there was a chances created I've probably spoken about this already there was a chances created box towards the end of the game he created about eight and the next three created two so the the creative play that he brings to the team is absolutely unbelievable and especially at uh, the game on Wednesday night uh, when we went top of the table the, the ground he made up is un, is it was phenomenal. Unbelievable. I mean, I've not yeah. seen any stats about it yet, but he was just running and running and running. And as you say, you know, when you're picking that three, unfortunately out of the five, Turnbull's the only one that you sort of automatically say, well, he's probably not getting in there. And it's a, probably a choice between Rodrick and uh, O'Reilly. I think probably in bigger games you would choose O'Reilly because he can cover that distance. Whereas packed defences like Motherwell at the weekend... You're probably going for a Rodrik and Atati duel because a bit more creativity. Rodrik can get you the goals. Um, but an un- unbelievable signing. Unbelievable signing. No, I absolutely, Patrick. Totally agree with you on that one. One of the things that we're talking about there with O'Reilly, don't worry, we're definitely not wanting to punt him. But it's just how the, the system's changed in terms of transfers because, you know, at Celtic, we've heard so much rhetoric coming out of the club about, you know, the sustainable plan that we've got in place of that player trading model but last summer it looked as if we just completely blanked that we had nothing there when Edward you know checked out the club but this system that Angie's got in you know we can see that he can pick a player he can be trusted and as well as that it looks like loads of these guys will probably go for a hell of a lot of money which again helps us plan for the future I think that's one of the important things about getting Ange down in a long term contract which I think a lot of people are starting to worry about because at this point in time you know, if it came caller, I don't think he would do that. You know, he is there as an option. He's on that rolling contract like every Celtic manager. So, yeah, I think I'd like to see him personally get tied down on a long contract. But um, we'll see how that, that goes. Lawrence, when we were on last Tuesday, the, the news only broke at that point that Callum McGregor might possibly feature in the game against Rangers. And if he did, he would wear a mask. You know, he came in there like a real superhero, um, quite literally. And just absolutely dominated the midfield again with Captain Charisma. And as I keep describing him, he's like a metronome in there. Metronome in there. Everything good about Celtic went through Callum McGregor again on Wednesday. And at third part, again, he led. And, you know, what a captain this guy is becoming for Celtic. So you could see the Rangers players were scared to try and take him on. You, you know, you see that clip of him, you know, hounding Barisic. It's just. Phenomenal, but and so humble as well. You know when he's saying, you know, everyone out the fans would have played with a broken face, and he's no different. You know what an example he's setting to everyone at the club, to the new guys that have come in. You know this is what it means to to be Celtic, and I, I think he's just been amazing as captain. You know 
what a challenge to take over when you're losing so many players after such a bad bad season. Mm. And he's he's really done it with ease. It looks like, doesn't it? He's just a phenomenon. Absolutely, Patrick. Um, I don't know if you want to uh, correspond over what he was shooting at Borna Barisic to his <laughs> captain Kill, but um, yeah, I think we'll have to pass on that. I, I think what Lawrence has seen there is really a real good important point. You know, that Celtic squad and a core of it was probably damaged mentally last season, like probably we were as fans, what we were watching. He's, you know, oversaw the rebuild. He's obviously got a good relationship with the manager, Ange Postecoglou. I just thought he was absolutely outstanding last Wednesday, as he is, you know, week in, week out for Celtic. Yeah, I mean, Callum McGregor's a winner, so I don't think he was best pleased by himself and by just the, the overall performance of the club last season, like any of us were, you know, we're extremely disappointed by how last season turned out, but he's one of the guys, I mean, you've seen him at half-time saying to Joe Hart, you know, just calm the celebrations a bit, we've, we've not won anything yet, 14 games to go, 13 games to go now, obviously. Um, he's he's an elite player, both mentally and, you know, physically, in his ability, um, and delighted that he's our captain, delighted he's uh, signed up to stay at the club for so long uh, but aye um, he, he's playing well you know he really is a bad game Callum McGregor he can play at any level you know you've seen that when Rodgers was trying to take him to Leicester a few years ago but aye delighted absolutely delighted uh, still in my opinion the best player in the country yeah no without a shadow of a doubt I totally agree with you on that one um, Lawrence Raymond comes in to see at the start answer the guitar with two strings now he has six he's given us a bit of salt as a swing Absolutely, and I think every one of those Celtic players are humming along with the tune because, you know, Andrew's conduct, uh, conducting this orchestra and they are all absolutely belting the tunes out. One of those guys who did that last week, and I was thoroughly impressed with his performance, was Georges Giacomakis. Um There was questions about him going into the game. I I've, I'd thought he did a decent start to his Celtic career. Um, I know he was a bit hot and cold, but we could see that he could get in front of players, he could create chances, got a good goal at Tynecastle. Caused problems in the game. Uh, two really good chances that were prevented by two great saves um, by Alan McGregor. But Jack Marcus, I thought he was absolutely integral to last Wednesday evening. Just the way he was absolutely rumbling up Conor Goldson and Calvin Bassey. And I actually thought we missed him a bit in the second half. I think his work rate is something that he'd really improved on in that game. You know, he showed a work rate he hadn't showed before. It was great work rate. And you can see him now, if he can get that level of work rate, Every game, you can see him fitting into Angie's system. Could there be a few more goals from him? But, you know, as you said, McGregor, a couple of cracking saves. You could probably say the last three games, he's been, you know, keepers have pulled off some, some cracking saves. But, yeah, for for that 60 minutes, he didn't let that Rangers defence settle, did he? They, they looked so nervous up against him. And what is he, 6-1 goals and 6-4? It's, you know, he, so he's given away a bit of a height disadvantage there and... Yeah, I thought he was phenomenal. And the work rate he put in over and above everything else, I thought, you know, this guy's really whether he's he's just getting his fitness, who knows? But he definitely put in a work rate that we hadn't seen before. And Rangers really they just couldn't live with it, their defence. No, they couldn't. They, they looked startled. I think Camish, Patrick, you'll have saw this on Twitter, put up that wee clip that you know the ball goes back to Conor Goldson right away at the start of the game he plays it to a Celtic player. It's a very minuscule example of just how rattled they looked. But in terms of the atmosphere, the atmosphere was absolutely electric in Wednesday evening and the Rangers players did look as if they were taken aback by it. And George's J.K. Marcus 
you know, Jackie Mackis, sorry, certainly added to that. He, he really rumbled up the two Rangers defenders. Um, the man out to his right-hand side scored an absolutely terrific goal to make it free. But it was absolute dreamland then. Uh, Abada completely goes in. You know, Borna Barisic is sitting down early before half-time when the, the ball goes into the back of the net. Abada, again, Patrick, you know, a player at only 20 years of age, has came in and had such a big impact on Durant's post to Coglu. Scored again at the weekend. How impressed have you been with him? Not just in the past couple of games, but overall so far this season. Yeah, I mean, he had a fantastic start, didn't he? And then, you know, as the team started playing better, he maybe sort of drifted um, in his performance uh, October-November time. But I think I, I either said to you or said on Twitter that ever since that Ross County away game, he's he's arguably been... I mean, it's hard to say he's been our best player, but he's been one of our most important players. The goals he's chipped in with, I mean, the numbers he's contributing at the age of 20 is unbelievable. I think he's got something like 22 goals and assists, and it's early February. Um, I know he's played a lot of football, but at 20 years of age, that's that's incredible. Especially when, you know, we weren't getting the results in our first eight or so games. Um, it's, it, it's scary to think of the... Um, the position he could be in in a few years, you know, if he keeps putting in these sort of numbers and these sort of performances. The timing of his runs as well and the finishes, I mean, they look like easy goals, but they're definitely, they happen so quickly that it, it's not an easy finish, it's not an easy goal to score. Um, and it's it's funny, he scores the exact same goal twice, near enough. He's totally unmarked by the left back, he makes a late run, uh, Hatati crosses it into him, boom, goal. It's, it's incredible and Long may it continue. And I think, uh, just on Yakimakis, as long as he's saving up his hat-trick for Livingston away on March the 7th, uh, I'll be more than happy. Yeah, we'd like to see, I think, a Celtic striker uh, really run up the Livingston players and try and get that eventual result that we'll be waiting, what will be four years, I think, <laughs> nearly, uh, at the spaghetti ad. Um, we might have to go there twice. But you know, the way things are sitting, it's, look, we're going to have to go <laughs> somewhere. Um, you're totally right in that one Lawrence again you know something I think is important to talk about when it comes to Jack Amakis is uh, in December when Kyogo was out the team at, at times it looked as if you know, we, were, we weren't struggling but you know goals weren't coming as as much as we would like from other areas of the park obviously I'm thinking back to a game like Motherwell at Celtic Park we win 1-0 the 0-0 game at St Murn etc etc you know the cup final we bring Kyogo back in and he gets the two goals for us is it a good sign that now, obviously, I know Maeda's came back in, that everybody's chipping in with goals, you're getting goals from Hatate, you know, Abada's always in the mix of goals, we've seen defenders chip in, obviously, Ralston up at Ross County, etc. We are taking chances in games, I know probably people would say we're not taking enough chances in games because it could have been 5-0 at half-time at Fir Park, it probably could have been 5-0 at half-time at Celtic Park, but there's goals coming from all around the pitch and you can just see this Ange Postacoglu team Evolving every single week now. Listen, it was some chip they made, but I think it's that Angie's philosophy, isn't it? Create a large number of chances, you'll get goals, and just the amount of chances we're playing, we're playing a lot more fluently. I think just now the new signings have undoubtedly helped that, and getting people back from injury. So the competitions there, the five subs has probably helped arguably as well. You know, we can, we can go hard on the first forty-five minutes because. We've got five changes we can make in the second half. Where the goal's going to come from? Abad is just phenomenal, isn't he? You know, yeah. it's young player of the year for me so far, Lawrence. And I think he probably will be. Could be in the run for player of the year if he keeps this up. Could be as well. No, no doubt about it. 
you know, it's Jot, Jot and other wing. I mean, he's keeping James E. Forrest out, just that now about a, it's for a, a guy in his first season, you know, new country, phenomenal. It's, it, I suppose, Ange is now good at this. It takes a time to build a squad and get his meshes across. And we're starting to kind of see the fruition in that. And I think, you know, Jared over and boys down under, he wanders. Is it's the second season you'll really see them as a team. <laughs> Can you imagine if, if that turns out to be true that, you, you know, we progress from? Because every game you're looking, the amount of chances we're getting, we're going, why are we not scoring three or four? You know, if we keep improving on that, it's going to be phenomenal. No, absolutely. Um, a speed message coming in, greetings from Sydney, Australia. I don't think you guys realise the huge fan base Celtic have now from Australia and Japan. It's mind-boggling. I thought it was always a kind of a big uh, Celtic problem. And honestly, obviously, Paul McStay's out there, Willie Wallace and stuff. We've been out there in pre-season tour, but um, certainly Postacoglia Mania is running wild here in Glasgow and across the country and across Europe. Um, I think, I'm not just talking for the three of us, I think everybody that's a Celtic supporter absolutely adores Ange Postacoglu and everything he's doing for the football club just now from where we were last summer to where we are just now was absolutely incredible and it is all down to the big man. Um, he has, you know, built it himself and continues to build an empire here which is certainly... Um, one which I think the rest of the teams in Scotland will probably be a bit worried about coming. Um, Lawrence, you have been a big fan of James McCarthy, and at times me and Patrick have probably gave you the odd look and oh, you know, James McCarthy. But again, Wednesday night, we'll go back to what Alan said. Um, the language that he used to describe McCarthy was a, a special teams player to close out matches, and on some of his stats, he led the team with 13 successful challenges, interceptions which is three more than the next highest. He um, was only unsuccessful with one. He won back possession seven times in the game, uh, which as a team was high as well. Um, McCarthy on Wednesday evening, when he came onto the park, I thought he managed the game terrifically well in midfield and was a really solid performer in there for us. Showed his experience, you know. He came on, he just closed the game for us, didn't he? When he needed it, to sting out. And we were never in danger of losing that, you know, at, it was just, I suppose Alan said it's a special teams player. That's what you get from him. He knows his position and he's got the experience. He knows where to intercept, where to be. And yeah, he was just class, wasn't he? And what an option he has to come off the bench. I mean, the Celtic midfield now. From Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The beginning of the season from an area that wasn't working, if you were to run through McCarthy, Beaton, McGregor, Rogic, Gucci, Rio, O'Reilly, you know, just the options in midfield now is, is scary. You know, would you take any any midfielder off any other team in Scotland? No. Just now? <laughs> you know, it's... Um, Patrick's probably still Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, has sailed. <laughs> you know, what unit Ange has built, you know, and I think having five subs, we're going to see more and more of McCarthy, especially if we keep, keep getting 3-0 up. You know, it's just 3-0 <laughs> up, just close the game. 3-0 up, just close the game. Because 13 games left in the league, we've got the cup, we've got the conference league that you've promised us tickets for, Declan. Uh, Patrick and I have got that. He's yeah. not get back to me yet. He's not get back to me yet. Still working on it. Twenty fifth of May, you know, it's in the stars, you know. But we've got over to Albania, led by the man that was top of Puskas, who was top of uh, Griffin, you know, Jimmy Griffin XL. So it, it, it's all there to happen, mate. It's you know, this could be an amazing season. You know, going from the, the lows of last season to. Uh, a huge clear out and rebuilding job. We've already got the first trophy in the bag. We're sitting top of the league. We've got chances, our chances in the conference and the Scottish Cup as well, haven't we? You know, it's. But we've got a squad now. I think you know you're looking at that squad and going. You know what? We've got depth in every position, so we should be able to handle anything that's thrown at us for the rest of the season. No, absolutely, I totally agree, with you, Lawrence. The squad depth there. Hopefully, um, you know, and just said. We'd be a bit cautious in this one because he's only got options back. We don't know what will happen further down the line. So as long as we don't play any other Barry Ferguson uh, sides, I think we should be all right. <laughs> or anybody reads uh, columns uh, written by Chris Boyd. But Patrick, we're, we're at a point here where we're top of the league. It was the first time in something like 73 weeks I'd calculated that we had been top of the league, which came after a 3-2 home victory against Livingston in September 2020. That is a, a mammoth time to not even be a top of the league. Um, I don't think we probably expected to be as far ahead as we are at this point at the beginning of February. I certainly didn't think when the Ange announcement would happen that, you know, we'd uh, probably be into the Europa League the way in which we did, playing a, an Altmar team who were far ahead of us in terms of preparation where they were as a club. Um, league Cup in the bag after the, the shambolic disasters of last season in cup competition on top of the table. Um, after you know very poor Glasgow Derby performances previous to that, what's your thoughts on it just now? Because I think we are so far ahead of schedule that it's just about take one game at a time and see where we end up at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't think our expectations were so low that we didn't expect to win a Derby game, we didn't expect to win a trophy, no. and we we're going to be dumped out of Europe. But the way in which we've done it, I mean, that Alkmaar game, the long, the more time passes, the more impressive that is because. We, we hadn't even got Carter Vickers or Jota in yet. Um, you know, I think Ryan Christie played in that game, which, you know, he, also that, played. for that six weeks, Christie was a great player for us, you know. Um, Montgomery, as you said, uh, I, Taylor got injured about 30 minutes into the away leg, didn't he? Yep, um, so, uh-huh. We're under the coach for a long, long period of that game as well. Oh, aye, aye. Um, 
conceding early goals as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical Celtic in Europe. But no, I mean it becomes more impressive when you when you look at the state of the squad, when you look at how early on it was, I mean if we played Mitchell and now it would be a cricket score. Um just how far we've we've come in the last six or seven months. Poor Eric Sviatchenko. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But as as you say, I mean... You know, we're only one point clear, top of the table. So in early February, it's not beyond our wildest dreams to be top of the table in February. But as you're saying, where we were this time 12 or even just nine months ago, uh, May 2021, it, it looked it looked as if we were years away from competing. But Andrew's worked absolute miracles virtually on his own. Um, and all credit to him. And see when Andrew says like... Aye, Anne says like battle hardened. <clears throat> it's the amount of injuries we've had to face this season. It is almost unprecedented. You know, it's Absolutely. not just re- it's not been a s- smooth rebuild just because of the amount of injuries and players unavailable. And so, it's a, what a job that the guy's done. You can see why he's won trophies everywhere he's been. You know, I, I know some journalists describe him. You know, not good enough and. You've got to wonder where they get this impression of a guy that's been a serial winner. He comes over here, he's taken over a, a fairly substantial rebuild. I think every Celtic fan realised that. And journalists that were calling him out, you know, at the end of August and saying, oh, he won't be in a job in December. It's just, I suppose, it's a bit of arrogance on their part. He's certainly proved them all wrong. It's just, I think. He's given us football that we all want to go and watch. You know that sometimes, although you want to see Celtic play all the time, there's sometimes managers there that put on football that wasn't entertaining. Shall we say? Every time you watch Angie's team, you know they're entertaining, they're attacking. It's, it's the Celtic way, isn't it? It's an identity that we can all aspire to. As Celtic fans, it's what we want to see from our football. Yeah, absolutely, Lawrence. As well as that, you know, his philosophy is clear to see the way we play football. I know at times. It can be a bit heart and mouth when the ball's going to heart, Starfelt, Vickers, etc. But I, I'm, I've actually became very calm it because I just expect them to do their jobs. They're working on it constantly. We've got a clear identity, which I think is very important. As you say, Lawrence, you know, that old term of the, the Celtic way of playing football. We're doing that just now. And on that, um, to kind of closing, you know, the topic of Wednesday night, his comments after the game and the way the guy has handled himself since walking into this job has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, the, the clip appeared last week of Alan Brazil sitting and he's given it Posta Who and McCoy's has given it, oh, I'm loving this, etc. Don't think Alan McCoy's probably loving it just now. Um, <laughs> but the Ange comments were, 
I'm sure a lot of people walked in with some problems in their lives. And for this 95 minutes, we made them forget that and feel good. And that's something special. Patrick, in terms of the man of Ange Postecoglou, we can talk about the football, but he just seems to get Celtic Football Club. Um, I did an interview last week with David Carswell, who did the Tommy Burns story, and he was telling me about Ange coming to the play and just, you know, the, the reception and reaction he got. And, you know, Tommy Burns obviously a long-time servant at Celtic Football Club, you know, one of Celtic's greatest ever sons, a long, long connection. But Ange is coming across in a way that you just take the guy to your heart so much and can identify with by comments like that and just to be he carries himself in his job he has an example I think to, to any uh, young footballer coach manager or person just in the way he carries himself 100% and you know I'm not old enough to remember the Mark O'Neill days but I think there's there's a connection there that hasn't been there since O'Neill if not before O'Neill you know we've had two Irish managers recently and you know it, there's obviously a connection there. I think they both definitely support Celtic. One of them more than the other. But they didn't seem to get it. Even though they are Celtic fans, there wasn't that connection there. Not as strong as it is just now, I don't think. And, you know, we won trebles under both of them. Played some fantastic football under both of them. But, I mean, Postecoglou, it's like a different level, totally. He totally gets the club. Um, he's, he's a fantastic football manager. Um, as you say, he's conducted himself spectacularly um, and the, the results are they're, they're coming and he's done it all himself. Um, it's incredible. Uh, it, it's it, it's hard to actually comprehend just how hard it is to walk into a job on your own with no backroom team, something Eddie Howe was scared to do. Halfway across the world. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But not a different planet, as he's keen no. to remind you. Uh, and, it knows all about half speed. <laughs> and um, go from, I think we were something like 22 points behind at this time last year, never one point ahead. So a 23 point swing. Um, absolutely unbelievable. Totally impressive. And get him a long term deal, for goodness sake. I mean, he could leave that's any what, day in theory. Yeah, and, long term deal. Uh, 10 year deal. No, maybe not 10, but yes, a long term deal would be ideal. It makes absolute sense to take a, a Angel deal. Um, from the highs of Wednesday to, I think, David McLaughlin, the tour guide at Celtic Park, put out that tweet, you know, it's the best first-half performance I've seen in four days or whatever it was. It really was. Um, Lawrence, you know, Fur Park's always been a difficult venue for us to go to. And I've seen his win games there. I've seen his being beat there. Uh, you know, the horror games, you, you know, Michael Higdon and all that beating us 2-1 and whatever else but um, Scott McDonald's and obviously the McDonald game I don't know oh. what to talk about helicopter <laughs> Sunday but there's that game too um, but it's one of the most comfortable I've ever seen is at Fir Park and really at half time it was free going on 5 or 6 yeah you, I mean you've got to worry you, you've just went top of the league but you know your next game's always your most important isn't it and, and you just need to, to kind of cement your place there uh, and David McLaughlin John Thompson, 90, support driver as well. Uh, him and Paul McQuaid, great guy, David. Two good, uh, good guys. It's, uh, you know, for part, you, you've seen us struggle there many times. And I said it was a walk in the park, wasn't it? It really was. The, the result was never in doubt. Just the team were really on it. You, you, you know, what a performance. Tommy Rogic. And Yakimakis again, you know, building on a good performance against Rangers. Uh, some strange refereeing decisions against them. 
you know, I think McCabe had two hands on him, stopping free running, and it was a foul against Jack Marcus. You're, you're sitting going, oh, come on, ref. But, yeah, it, it just, again, another complete performance from, from Celtic. And it was important to get it. You know, it's important, you know, once you hit the top of the league to, to make sure you stay there, isn't it? To, to cement it and say, look, we can keep up this level of performance. Good to get Tommy back in the team. And just looking as if we can go. I wouldn't be surprised to see he's going unbeaten for the rest of the season in the league. No, neither would I. I totally agree with you on that one. Um, and certainly if you look at the form, apart from that game through at St Murn, which I think was just a League Cup final hangover, they had COVID issues as well. There's no reason why we can't, as long as everybody's fit um, and we don't have any disasters. Um, just to cover in this comment, um, I've got an Aussie on, we stayed up to watch the live scene past midnight here. Thanks to everyone tuning in from Australia and wherever else you are in the globe, you're most welcome. And thank you for tuning in, uh, tuning in to listen to the three of us uh, just talk about Celtic. So we're here for a good old chat about Celtic. Patrick, um, again, Sunday wasn't the exact same 11, 11 uh, that beat Rangers in the Wednesday evening, but again, it just shows that Angie's so confident in retaining personnel. Tony Ralston came in at right back, looked absolutely fine. Um, O'Reilly dropped out the team, Tommy Rogic. Again, I'm sure our Australian uh, viewers know all about him. Uh, it was absolutely sensational on Sunday. Um, talk to us about Tom Rogic at Fur Park on Sunday. He likes a goal there. He likes a goal against Motherwell. He certainly does. Um, two outstanding goals. The first one, probably the, the best goal of the game. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to be at uh, Rugby Park six years ago when he scored that beauty to keep us yep. top of the table. Um I, I, I don't think it was uh, better than that particular goal, but it's certainly up there. Um, just uh, he's a phenomenal player, uh, you know. And even just the, the the small touches he has, the way he takes the ball, you know, you think he's going to lose it, and then he just uh, manages to wriggle out of situations. It's incredible. Um, aye, he had a great game, just as everyone, just like everyone else, and you know. I know people in the comments want us to talk down our chances of the Europa Conference League, but the 135 of the 180 minutes we played in the last two games were absolutely unbelievable. And I would fancy our chances against any team, the way that we are playing. Um, and as you were saying about going unbeaten, we don't concede enough chances to concede more than one goal. Um, and I would fancy us scoring more than a goal in every single game. So I can't say he's losing. Um, it's quite unlikely we drop points, actually, but I don't want to jinx anything, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Rogic, fantastic player. And uh, one of the other impressive factors about Ange is he's managed to get Rogic to play well for a full 90 minutes. You know, even under um, Rogers, you know, he would play well, but he'd, he'd have to come off after 60 because he couldn't last a full game. And it just shows you the fitness levels, you know. We're all worried about injuries in September and October, but I think now that people are, you know, the players are up to speed with the style, we can last 90 minutes, we can keep going for 90 minutes and we can play well, and that includes guys like Tom Logic. So, fantastic, uh, and all credit to Ange. I think this is a really good point in here, is that I think it's referring to Tom Logic and that he's played six ninety 90 minutes, he's played in a role bar as an international peak. You know, journalists were asking Lawrence of questions. Um, about rest and players having a break and as Ange says, you know, at the end of the season that's when we all have a rest and collapse and fall down and that's it, you know, Tom Rodgick came back from international 
duty, I think he was in the stand watching on behind Cy uh, Ferry and Paul Slane at the game of Wayne Stephen, who were just behind the King, Kenny Douglas. It was good to see him at Celtic Park with his son Paul. Got a cracking video um, from the director's box at the game last Wednesday. Um, you know, Paul Douglas, Chris Hay, what a, what a reserve forward line that was, mate. Aye, not bad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh. Never going to Celtic Park to watch him. The, in the reserves, just uh, the player. A uh, seventy repeat with Hayne Deglution at the, the Celtic team, but just not not quite uh, <laughs> good at those levels. But you know, Tom Rodgick for us has been absolutely key this season. He looks as sharp as anything. The, the goal is magnificent. There's the one he goes down. He's bobbing down that right hand side, Patrick, and uh, I think that's the one that hits the post. We're really unlucky not to bag a hat trick. I don't think he's actually probably many times in his career he could have. They've got a hat trick, but you know another top top performance. We've spoken about a badder. Um, another performance thing that you touched on there, Patrick. Going to come over to you and Lawrence is the chances that we concede, how many goals we concede. It was another clean sheet for Vickers and Starfield at the weekend. You know, there's been questions raised about these two guys, but once again at the weekend, I thought the two of them were solid and played very very well. Listen, it's the best defence in Scotland. A lot of it's down to Joe Hart. You know, if Joe Hart's one and one with somebody. You fancy so hard to say that. Not that many teams get one on one with us, but it, it's got to give the, the defender, defenders confidence to play the way Ange wants them to play. And I, I think a lot of stick they get comes from the press because we are the def- best defensive unit in Scotland, but constantly in the press, you hear them attacking Starfell or Taylor or someone. And it's, it's kind of easy guys for them to pick on. But, you know, Starfell with a wobble kind of just before the turn of the year, but that coincided with Taylor's injury and scales coming in. And having to play with a new guy on his left, his right-footed player playing the left-hand side, sometimes he doesn't look comfortable. But tell you what, his stats speak for themselves, and our goals can see they speak for themselves. We've got a cracking defensive unit. And it allows the midfield and the forwards freedom to play such attacking football, because they know the guys behind them can do the job. And Chris Jolin's got to be sitting there going, I, I can't see where he's going to get a chance, where he's going to get any minutes. You know, that's... Well, it's 13 months out until I get fit, so it's 14 months now. Where is he? Where is he going to get a chance? I, I just Sun- Sunday might be the type of game where he get a chance, but uh, apart from that, I, I think it's just going to be a one-off because at this point in time, to me, Lawrence, you don't change a winning formula and you're bang on there, mate. And that Starfield and Vickers give a good platform for that midfield to go and do their thing, which allows those three terrific forward players to go and do their thing. Why change it? Absolutely. Aye. You know, and it's it's going to take a number of games to get Julian up to up to speed, and I just okay. I don't see him coming in. And he, he's a right hand side sided centre half. Cameron Carter Vickers, he just has him. He, he's just you know, he's just phenomenal, isn't he? he, he he's just nothing flat, flaps him. He just seems to take everything in his stride. It's he's just been a great you know loan signing for us. Hopefully, we can Michael Nicholson can convert him to a permanent signing. But right now. Julian's what into the last seventeen months his contract just now. He's not played for a long time. I just can't see him getting back in the team. He's on fairly high wages. He might be someone that we, we look to move on in the summer if we can. Yeah. Especially if we can get Carter Vickers signed up permanent. It's the, the defence has been great. You know, both the fullbacks in Ralston and, and Taylor, who have come in for a, a lot of abuse, I think, and a lot of guys said they're not Celtic class. Ange came out early in the season, defended them, and said, look, these guys are doing what I want them to do. He's given them, t- you know, new contracts. I-, I think 
Ralston surpassed everybody's expectations. Although I think you know it looks like Juranovic has got that position nailed down as number one. But he can rotate. Definitely. Yeah, you, know, aye, you don't have a worry if Ralston's going to play, do you? And Taylor's performance against the Rangers. You know, what was it? 37 million guy had to get hooked at half time because he couldn't get a kick of the ball. <laughs> you know, it's just. It says it all, doesn't it? I mean, if you go for another fullback to replace Greg Taylor, who's the better Scottish fullbacks than him? Tierney or Robertson? Well, we can't afford either of those two. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, who are you going to bring in that's going to be better than him? Yeah, you know, I totally agree with this comment from John, but I know some people in the chat are getting some uh, points and saying that Starfield was not the answer, that he's. Uh, Brun Warrior came in to say that his performance against Alaba was left wanting for the goal. But I totally agree with you, Lawrence. I think you probably agree on this one, Patrick. Don't fix something that isn't broken. The two of them are the best defensive partnership in Scotland just now. Don't change that. And I think he's coming on to a bit of a game. And both played very well in the derby last week and again at, at Fud Park on Sunday. Um, Patrick, one of our very own Axom contributors, uh, sent a tweet to Alan Burrows yesterday asking the question, which I think was a fair question, about the, the empty seats in the home end at Fir Park. Obviously, we used to always get the big bit behind the goal. Ever since I began to Fir Park, we used to always get the wee bit in the, the main stand, um, which I, I was in when we won 4-3 and all that through there. But that's no longer the case. Alan Burrows got back and explained. Great to see again, though, I must say, Super Executive of a Scottish, you know, an SPFL club, get back to someone asking a general query on Twitter to just communicate with them. Spoke about Motherwell um, building this community basis in terms of season tickets and the fact that, you know, decisions made in the past, they thought had hindered their relationship with supporters. What is your take all on this? Because to me, I think if there was a clear communication between the Motherwell hierarchy and supporters in terms of if we do this for a short-term cash injection and can invest it back into the playing squad or community projects, whether it's grassroots football or stuff, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it even has to be short-term, you know. Have Mother will ever sold out, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but, you know, have Mother will ever sold out their, their stadium, those three stands? I'm not sure that they ever have. Possibly Submarine Sunday. Right. <laughs> you remember that? Uh, <sighs> aye. <laughs> uh, no, but in terms of season tickets, you know, they've never, never sold out their stadium, have they, those three stands? Um, you know, I, I, I said, I had a uh, discussion on Twitter with somebody, I think, two nights ago, basically saying, you know, I think I think they've got the 12th uh, biggest budget, which puts them bottom of the Premiership. You know, they've got the smallest budget in the Premiership. They could... They could do with the money, you know. It's that that's there's no debate in that. And you know, I was in a position. Um, I'm not sure about yourself, Lawrence, but I was in a position where I wanted to go to the game and I couldn't because they'd given us uh, a limited number of tickets, and the criteria is, you know, unbelievable these days to get an away ticket. Uh, now, if they gave us more tickets, people like me would have been able to go, and I'd have happily paid the thirty odd quid or whatever it is, twenty five quid, to go to the game. Now, Motherwell have lost out my £25 there for no reason other than, you know, I don't know whether you want to call it dogma or, you know, some sort of philosophy they're trying to build. I'm not saying I want to take a Motherwell fan's place. I'm saying I want to take the place of an empty seat, and there was plenty of them. And it wasn't just because we won 4 nothing. Um, 
there was plenty of empty seats in the first 27 minutes when it was 0-0. Uh, and that, that that's my view on it. Um, I respect what they're trying to do, trying to get, you know, build a club from the money of season ticket holders from people in the local community, try and build a community club. But at the same time, you know, Scottish football is struggling for a reason uh, compared to other European leagues. You're you're foolish if you don't want to try and maximise your profits, your takings on a match day. I know that it's up, the average is something like 42% um, for uh, percentage of revenue taken on match days. If if it's going to be that high, then you might as well let as many fans as possible. And I mean, even just from a, a neutral perspective, why would you not want more fans in a football stadium? You know, because that's less pies sold, less drinks sold, less match tickets sold. Uh, I can't understand it personally. I think they should look to sell out the stadium. And I don't think Absolutely. that's controversial. No, I thought that was a very good summary there by yourself um, because I was one of the lucky ones to be in behind the goal and I could see, you know, basically beside the, the opposite goal, just so many empty seats. It would make so much more sense for there to be dialogue between them I and we can see how good the dialogue can be from Alan Burroughs and Twitter and responding to supporters. Have the same dialogue with your fans and explain what you're going to do with that extra revenue because it makes a lot more sense. And, you know, Patrick, you've picked up two things there which people would probably... Uh, laugh at the feed the person less pies, less drink, less programmes, but it's all revenue for football clubs. These are all things that they were denied during COVID. They probably took a whack to it. And Lawrence, you know, we heard the, the bit about, you know, record finances. That's because of a player coming through their youth system in terms of David Turnbull, um, who they were able to sell to ourselves, the irony in it, for four million quid. It's record sales just now because they've managed it. But, you know, if you're getting that extra revenue, say it's an extra £140,000 every time you play Celtic Rangers. The money that could do in terms of grassroots football at Motherwell Football Club to me would be transformational. It would make much more sense to do that than try and cut your nose off to spite your face. Listen, from a Celtic point of view, you know, I'd go sell your stadium, but I can totally see what he's saying. You know, if they've got record season book sales, something they're, they're doing is working. You know, the revenue deficit that Scottish football faces is the TV deal solo. You know, I, I think per head of capita or attendance at football outstrips I think any other European nation so it, it's not attendances that are the problem in Scottish football it's, it's TV money and some other old fans go well why should we give up the advantage of being the home team you know because let, let's be honest Celtic could easily take two or three of their stands without a problem so you can see it from a mother point of view maybe some dialogue with the season but Colden said this moving you for this game saying well look when you're picking season books can you fill this stand first and this area of this stand first so as it gives them the option to then sell those tickets without having to move any season book holders because as record as the season book holder sales are I don't think it's taken up half of the stadium in season book holders so maybe some dialogue with our season book holders and say look if you move there the club can now bring in extra money and you're not moving for Celtic or the visit of the Rangers you've got your own seat for the entirety of the season and it allows the club then to maximise money and surely from a stu- student perspective even from Pystal perspective you know if they fill the stand bit at a time it's got to be easier for them to manage so I, I think there's probably a middle ground to be, be tame and maybe it's something Mother will should look at and say well look we did miss out on this extra money I can see what they're saying it keeps that the fans sweet well a little bit closer and you have a word with the, the, the guys that are Perhaps taking up that area of that stand and saying, look, would you move your season book 
because it will allow us to get this extra revenue out of four visits of, of, of the two big Glasgow teams. Mm. Well, you know, you know, MBs come in here to say Motherwell owes nothing and can choose to do as they will. That's certainly what they're doing. But if you look at Livingston, for instance, they can't afford it and they, they choose to give Celtic and, and Rangers free stands at their, their stadium, which is McDermott Park and other places, which they look to maximise the, the revenue from these games. Um, you know, I, I totally understand what Motherwell's trying to do at this point in time. I think you made a really good point there, Lawrence, that I can I centre ground needs to be had on this because I do imagine at Kilmarnock, who before they were relegated to the Championship of Scotland, went back to one stand, uh, the Chadwick stand, and you'd, you'd look around Rugby Park and see so many empty stands. I imagine they'll be back to two stands um, whenever we play them again if they do come back to the league because they don't have the finances there to support that. It's all very well at this point in time. Motherwell saying, you know, we've got this, but as things go down the line, we're still recovering from COVID. They won't always have a David Turnbull to sell. Finances will change. To me, it makes more sense to try and maximise your revenue. That is modern football, unfortunate as it is. And, you know, it just that's the perspective I take on it. But again, you know, it's one of these ones that's an interesting discussion they have. Um, and it's good that Alan Burroughs is engaging with football fans in general on Twitter too. Um, and all the other good stuff that Motherwell's doing. I've been one of the, the real leaders in terms of suicide prevention and mental health. So um, well done to Motherwell for that. Um, just, Lawrence, we, we touched there, you, you mentioned the names of uh, Hay and Douglas and that reserve team. Um, I would probably go amiss to, to not mention um, the passing of David Katanak. Obviously, Paul John, our very own, did the book on the Quality Street Gang. If you haven't saw the clip on Twitter, uh, Davey is up talking about going in to play for Celtic for the first time. Um, part of that group, you know, along with guys like Danny McGrain, George Conley, Jimmy Quinn Jr, etc, all going in there uh, to be the, the next lines, as Jockstein probably seen them. But um, everyone's thoughts and prayers, uh, I Celtic set of mind with David Katanak's family, who sadly passed away at the age of 75. Patrick, to close, um, we're up to Petodi tomorrow. It was a tight game up there in October. We get that goal at the end, that Jota goal, assisted by Adam Montgomery, who obviously won't be able to play against us tomorrow evening, as we're his parent club. Um, different contrast, you know, going into this game compared to last October, we hadn't won in the road in the league last October by the time we'd beat Petrodi. I think that might have been the game that things started to shift a bit. What's your expectations going into tonight? Um, it's an Aberdeen side that come off the back of a 2-1 defeat at the Tony Macaroni. Yeah, I mean, ironically, we're unbeaten on the road, certainly domestically, since that game. Um, who'd have imagined that, you know? Um, but I think the expectation must be to win the game. I mean, the form that we were on, based on performances alone, you'd be disappointed not to win the game by you know, two goals or more. Um, at the same time, you know, Pretoria is a tough place to go. We drew two games there last season. I think before that, we won every game for about five seasons. Um, but just got to keep your wits about you, take every game afresh. Um, I'm sure Andrew drill that mentality into the players if he hasn't already. Um, just need to take it as an opportunity. I think I was using that term a few times in this podcast a couple of months ago. Uh, just another opportunity to show the type of football you want to play, the type of player that you are. You know, we want to score a lot of goals, um, keep it tight at the back. And yeah, I mean, Aberdeen, I think. They'll probably count themselves as unlucky. Um, you know, results are a bit mixed for them this season. Um, mm. 
they probably expected to do a bit better. Stephen Glass. Right. Um, they probably expected to do a bit better, but maybe they don't deserve to be doing better. I'm not too sure, but certainly Celtic should be winning the game. Uh, you know, we seem to be getting better and better. The last two games have arguably been the best performances under Ange so far, and you want to just keep the momentum going. You know, we're only one point clear. It's a must-win game. Just you need to play well to give yourself the best chance of winning the game. Yeah, one hundred percent. And just to answer Paddy in the chat, he's asking, "Did Ange get me a birthday card? The post he's not been, so I need to let you know next week. I don't know yet." There's a mountain of cards. I don't even know if Patrick got me a birthday card yet. So Mate, I hope he. I'm does. just a, disappointed he wasn't at your party. I know there were some Celtic greats there, but uh, I thought Ange might have turned up as well. Well, I think the big man's a bit, a bit busy for my birthday party, but he was more than welcome if he did, but he turned up. Um, Morris, what's your thoughts going on this one at Petrodi? I think it'll be a tough old game. It always is. Aberdeen might be seeking a bit of uh, revenge after their poor performance at the weekend. I think uh, their wee fans were singing, we're not very good, which really sums up where they are. Just there was a football club. Um, what's your expectation? Because they fair gave Rangers a good game up there. Um, a few weeks back, Scott Brown. I don't. I would hope wouldn't be winding up um, our midfielders or wingers as much. But uh, what's your thoughts going into this game? I think you've touched it. Brown will be back for them, so I, I think it's seeing how our midfield performs against Scott Brown. You know, he, he, he's still top level for the, for Scotland. Scott Brown, uh, you know, for our league. So it'll be interesting to see how we perform against them. Uh, Full expect us to win it, but you, you know we don't have a God-given right to win it. We've got to turn up and we've got to play for ninety minutes. Uh, but the guys, you know, they've shown us they can do that. You know, the last two games have just been phenomenal. They just need to keep up that level of performance and commitment on the park, keep up the work rate, and I don't think Aberdeen can live with it if we do. No, and I think that's an important point in Scott Brown, Patrick. That you know Lawrence is saying about testing against the midfield. I think he got hooked about sixty minutes the last time. And he was absolutely knackered just because of the pace that we play it. I think, you know, no disrespect to Scott, he's a Celtic legend, he's an icon, but at the ages it just now, it's about quickness, it's intensity and try to stretch that Aberdeen team and that we, you know, I don't think any team can cope with us at full pelt. And I think if we get an early goal tomorrow night, Aberdeen could be in for quite a long evening. Yeah, I mean... You know, I get hooked in the, did you say, the, the 60th minute, the last time it was it the 60th minute, yep. I told you that is. I came off quite a Celtic part too. Aye, well, the, the tempo that we are playing at just now will be a lot earlier than that um, because we're going at a frightening pace the way that we're moving the ball. Um, even just the running that we're doing, you know, Rogic, Hatati, O'Reilly, McGregor, unbelievable. Um, the legs on the guys in the midfield, the passing, the moving the tempo, as John Collins would say. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you just need to expect to win the game. And, you know, not to bring it back to this again, but it's it's another team that half the stadium will be empty, but there'll be 800 Celtic fans stuck in a corner. Um, yep. Which, again, it's not a good showcase for television either. I mean, you know, you've seen Man City Fulham are giving away tickets for a tenor and stuff just because it looks good on the telly to have seats filled. Disappointing. But, you know, to bring it back to the football, uh, yeah, Fully expect us to win the game. Um, I'd be very surprised if we can. I, I don't want to jinx this, but I'd be very surprised if we concede more than a single goal in a game for the rest of the season domestically. And so, if if we score two goals, we should win the game. 
Um, very simplistic, I know, but yes, I think we should win. Yeah, there's a great record. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I think in the majority of games that we've went one up in, we've not lost at all. So again, I think the importance of a quick start, getting an early goal is going to be uh, incredibly important for Lawrence. To ask, what would be your start eleven tomorrow night up there? Hart, Juranovic, Taylor, Carl Vickers, Starfield, yeah. McGregor. Now it starts to get difficult, doesn't it? Uh, for your other two midfield places. Probably Rio and Rogic. Uh, yeah. Abada on the right. I'd start Yota. And based on his, his last two games, I'd put Yakamakis through the middle. Yeah. I totally agree with that team. That's the team I'd play. Patrick, any changes to that? Um, I would put O'Reilly in for Rogic. Um I think if you outrun them, I think you definitely win the game because I think, you know, it's all about physicality and running with these teams. You know, that's how Aberdeen and, you know, Hibs and Hearts and stuff, you know, although they're not touching Celtic's level, they're, they're up at the top end of the table every season because they, they give the absolute maximum work rate. Um, and I think if if you, you know, we work harder than just about any team in Scotland at the minute, I think. So if, if, if you outwork them, you outrun them. We're better footballers. Um, so over the 90 minutes, I think, with O'Reilly's legs, I think, you know. And he's just as creative as Roderick as well, so you're, you're not missing out on anything, I don't think. Not only that, I know Postecoglou said don't give him a rest, but I think he could probably do with maybe only 45 minutes if you bring one at half-time or something. So O'Reilly instead of uh, Roderick for me. Yeah, uh, big time again. He likes a goal at Petodde too, so that's why I'd probably agree with Lawrence on that one. I don't think I'd like to drop him after two goals at the weekend, but, you know, I think... If Again, you know, O'Reilly's good enough to go in there, as you say, Patrick. You wouldn't miss it. It's like what we were talking about earlier with Juranovic and Ralston. If one drops out, are you really that worried? Probably not. Um, thanks to everybody in the comments, as per usual. Thanks to our listeners from Australia and Canada who have told us, and, and Belfast too. Um, everybody else tuning in today, thank you very much. Thanks to everyone who's wished me happy birthday. I've seen loads of comments come in earlier on in the show to say happy birthday, so thank you very much for that. Um, to all on the chat thank you gentlemen thank you and we'll be back tomorrow previewing the bulletin will be on and then there'll be our usual match day coverage thank you for tuning in to a Celtic State of Mind phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.